0: Hi y'all, John Alcorn, that one dude 2020, really the CEO and founder of the God Over Money Sports Network. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so you can hear it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I've seen someone with, someone someone with the drive and passion to make it in the industry like I've seen with with you cutthroat it's very you know up and down roller coaster of emotion he knows his stuff uh you know he's not afraid to go at people and last my check this is not the Los Angeles LeBron Folks, John Alcorn here for the John Alcorn Show, and the got of money entertainment network. It's such an exciting day of the NFL games from start to finish. Thank you all for so much for thank you all so much for the support and the people that tuned in on the Colorcast app. And it's more important people say they, they love your content and everything else. It's not a saying because I I love the approval of, of people and man, but it's honest to know that people that enjoy your content that you're getting somewhere and you're reaching. People of the Swords here again, folks. Before we get to the NFL Sunday game preview show for the week one of the 2021 NFL Sunday show here. Uh fortunately right now YouTube has decided to remove my recent video for spam and, and male practice here. So folks, again, um hopefully we can get that repealed because unfortunately if we're not able to get that repealed. That video will be removed and that will be one strike on my channel. Anything after that, I won't be able to post for a week, so keep praying for that. Keep hitting up YouTube because this is the second time in a couple of weeks this has happened on the John Alcorn Show YouTube page and the God of Money Entertainment, Entertainment Network YouTube page. This is not by accident, but it doesn't matter. Even if we have to go live on just MySpace, or if that's somehow still active on the servers, we're going to get this content out there. It doesn't matter what YouTube tries to do, whether it's talking about God or faith. I'm not going to stop that. So don't even try it into YouTube here. But folks, as you do before every program, we get back into that. Let's get into tonight's prayer break. Lord, despite a crazy and busy day, more importantly, more importantly than anything else, excuse us for your honor and for your glory, and let this be an opportunity to make a difference in people's lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's Bible verse of the day. We're kind of talking about the theme of Matthew Stafford in terms of we talk about stuff in the NFL, relate a game or story about a quarterback or a player, but always bringing it back to God's word. Either it's on your Bible on your phone or the actual physical Bible itself here. We're talking about Deuteronomy chapter 5. Honor thy father and thy mother as the Lord that God hath commanded Disrespectful actions of children, no matter their age, are appeared by God. There is no place that's worse to see the disrespectful actions of children than in a homeschooling family. Kind of going to Jesus and God story here. You talk about David and Goliath. you like, David, you too sure? Goliath is way too strong. He's way too big. There's absolutely no way that you can beat him. He's too tall. They're disrespecting him because, because of what the obstacles look like and the point of that is despite the obstacles no matter what the obstacles look look like looks like it does not matter because God has a final say just like people that are critical of Matthew Stafford. Well how about Matthew Stafford in week one we will talk about that on the final game NFL Sunday action here. We're gonna get into it right now on the God Over Money Entertainment Network. The first game we have today folks is the Seattle Seahawks versus the Indianapolis Colts. Russell Wilson like I've been saying First quarter type of team, four touchdowns, and some people could arguably say the biggest, best, deep thrower in the NFL right now. We can maybe have a debate about that with Matthew Stepper with his new team in the Los Angeles Rams here. But, again, folks, what we see early on in the first quarter of games for the Seattle Seahawks, Chris Carter is playing phenomenal. 16 uh, 16 carries, 91 yards, averaging almost six yards per carry. No touchdowns, but the numbers were very effective yards per carry, and the amount of carries on the day. Russell Wolf is playing phenomenal. Again, we weren't. I wasn't necessarily questioning like the interior defensive line for the Memphis Colts here. For me, it is the passing attack here because who do you really have? Last year, they brought in Woods from the Vikings a couple years ago. That didn't work out. I believe he's retired. I'm not really too sure. But the passing attack for the Colts, you're going to have to get better. But at the same time, you look at it, Tennessee lost this week. The Jaguars aren't looking too good. The Houston Texans played phenomenal today and destroyed Trevor Lawrence in the Jacksonville Jaguars' offense. forcing Trevor Lawrence to have three turnovers, but we'll talk about that later in tonight's episode of InfoSign to recap week one here. But it still the Seattle Seahawks are going to get it done on the offensive side of the ball, but the key is going towards later in the season. Can the offensive line hold up? Can the defense match the production of what Russell Wilson DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are trying to do. Who knows what's going to happen, but a great first game here. The running attack, the passing attack. We're loving what Russell Wilson is doing. The on the field chemistry between a quarterback and a receiver is key, and that is shown between Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett. Love what the offense is doing. I love what the defense is doing. But this either this offseason or before the trade deadline, the Seattle Seahawks need to trade for Shot Penny. Like, I'm sorry, folks. I believe the Seattle Seahawks. Drafted him in 2018. If I look it up right now, Rashad Penny. Well, I don't remember what year he was drafted, but this is absolutely insane. This guy was supposed to be – he was the 27th overall pick in the 2018 draft. And how many rushing yards does he have so far in his career? 823. He was supposed to – maybe I'm supposed to be the guy to potentially replace Marshall Lynch after Marshall Lynch retired the first season and then went to the formerly known Oakland Raiders as now they're in Las Vegas in their new stadium, now known as the Las Vegas Raiders. He was supposed to be one of their guys, the running back. But as you see, consistently, time and time again, he's either injured or inconsistent. He can't get yards after the as a running back. He's not a dual threat. He's not reliable. So the Seattle Seahawks have to make a tough decision to make, not in terms of He's an impact player, but we don't have a lot of money against the Cap. The Seattle Seahawks have to make a tough decision here with Rashad Penny. Look at this year, 2018. 419 yards. Okay. Went down to 370, 34 in 2020, and had two attempts for eight yards today. Four yards for K fine. On two attempts. So the question really is going to be moving forward. Yes, the identity. Of the Seahawks is the running game and Russell Wilson and entire locket. But how can they keep up when sooner or later in the season Chris Carson's either going to fumble, fumble the football or get injured? Who else are going to rely? They're going to let Russell Wilson run the football the entire time and Chris Carson can't get it done. If you can't trust Rashad Penny to stay healthy and consistent, that's not a recipe for trying to get to the playoffs. Trying to win a division in the NFC West, which factually is the toughest division in football this year with the Rams, the Seahawks, the Niners, the Cardinals, Cardinals played phenomenal today. We'll talk about that in just a minute on the John Alcorn show and hopefully this video doesn't get flagged on YouTube. But they're going to have a, a tough division this year and every single mistake for Seattle and Russell Wilson it matters more than it does necessarily the Dallas Cowboys in the NFC East cuz you're in such a tough division. With the Niners winning today, with Seattle winning today, with the Cardinals winning today, the question is, and how great the Rams played today with their new quarterback Matthew Stafford. Time to put respect on his name. Phenomenal play by the Seattle Jackson. they can keep this going. Let's see how it works. But going to the cold side of the zone, Carson Wentz is staying fully healthy here, twenty-five and thirty-eight, two fifty-one and two touchdowns. If Carson Wentz can keep this up, I'm not. They do the Colts though. Yes, we know if he stays healthy, he can be very well. Him and Frank Wright is going to be phenomenal here. The question is, though, do the Colts really need Carson Wentz to be the 2017 self? Can they do the running game? Let him throw for two, maybe 250, 315 yards a game, but the defense can completely get them on their own with the running attack. Carson Wentz, this, is, this offense is different than necessarily the Tennessee of the Jaguars. The offense is set for the Jaguars. Careful Lawrence has to have 250, 300 plus yards per game. Yes, you got Barbara Jones. You got James Robinson, who has some decent carries in today's game versus the Houston Texans. And unfortunately, they could not beat the very fun defense of the Houston Texans today. How are they going to be able to keep up? Can Carson Wentz keep up this pace? Remember, folks, there's an extra game, an extra week. 17 more weeks, 16 more games. Can the Colts, Carson Wentz, and the Indianapolis Colts offense keep this up? But even if the Colts can keep this up, can the Carson Wentz stay 100% healthy? I, folks, I don't have a definite answer of that, but let me know what you think. For anybody that watched the Seattle Seahawks or the United States Colts game, let me know your thoughts on that. And Alex Carriz from the Bear podcast, the Cowboys Talk podcast, Is John, 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 what's up, my man? Thank you for always supporting it, and I support you in the content, vice versa, folks. If you haven't heard, folks, that – YouTube decided to remove my recent video from yesterday on the John Awkward Show YouTube page, and they got our Money Entertainment Network page for spam practices and volleying their terms of services. So I don't understand what that means. We'll get back to the program here. Second game of NFL Sunday, the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Houston Texans. There was a lot of surprises for me, and there was a lot of shock facts. Tyron Taylor played arguably one of his best games in his career. Now, we can make an argument of, like, yes, this division is tough, and Houston, they're going to have to play even better moving forward, even though they played phenomenal today. Brandon Cooks. Some people say he's past his prime. Brandon Cooks played phenomenal today. Early on in the game, when they were at the 25-30 yard line, Tyron Taylor, or, sorry, beyond that, he throws a deep 30, 40-yard pass to Brandon Cooks. There are two Jaguars defenders around him, and Brandon Cooks still manages to dive up, up in the air, jump up in the air, and catch the football. And then later in the game, a 40, 50-yard pass from Toron Taylor yet again. There Brandon Cooks catches it again, and nearly I had four receptions for over 100 yards already in the game, one or two touchdowns. So if you had Brandon Cooks in fantasy, awesome. I don't know if anybody had Teron Taylor in fantasy football, but you definitely got a lot of points in the game. Teron Taylor looked great. Cam Lindsay looked great. Danny Amendola. But well, let's talk about this here. more on the Jaguars side of the ball, and then we get to the Texans side of this. Like I said, folks, the Trevor Lawrence and Jaguars offense. Trevor Lawrence has to throw for three hundred plus yards a game. Now you can make an argument: were these was the uh, Jaguars offense that bad, or was it how these how great the Texans defense played? I really think your starting state could be hurt. How very productive the Texas defense was, but this was, but this has still been an issue for the Jaguars for many years, folks. Is that you cannot expect, like you've seen this before, the Jaguars offensive line. The Jaguars offensive line is a problem. Blake Bortles, Blank Abbott, Mike Lennon, Garnu Minshew, You got pressure by the defense, especially Trevor Lawrence, throwing three interceptions, throwing the ball 51 times. You shouldn't ever. Your rookie quarterback a team, especially in Jacksonville, or how bad an offensive line is, your rookie quarterback should not be throwing the ball 51 times. Urban Meyer, I don't know absolutely what he was thinking in any way, shape, or form. Three touchdowns, but also had three interceptions on the day. And, unfortunately, to read with one or two of those interceptions, just Reed replay phenomenal here. What we're seeing here is that just this Texans defense can play well if they decide to. When they decide to play well today. Even on top of that, the Jaguars had a kick, a field goal, that was blocked by the Texans defense. So, effectively, the Texans stopped the strong running game of the Jaguars. Total. If you look at their top players – Let's say sixteen carries from all their for all their mobile players. James Robinson, Carlos Hyde, one play from the uh, Louis Jr. I would probably butcher that name. Trevor Lawrence had one carry for negative two yards. So your top two running backs for the Jaguars right now, because Travis Etienne is out for the year with the torn ACL. Fourteen total attempts total. So seven total carries for Carlos Hyde and seven for James Robinson. If you divide those simple numbers. Only 69 rushing yards total from Carlos Hyde and James Robinson together. So Carlos Hyde averaged 34 and a half yards in this game rushing, and James Robinson averaged 34 and rushing yards carrying in this game against the Texans defense. We saw what the Texans did in the previous game, blocking two field goals or two kicks from the, from the uh, to the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Texans defense did it again today. Jaguars had opportunity to get. They from the lesson the lead that the Texans had on the Jaguars with the field goal. And of course, the Texans defense yet again blocked it. It was absolutely no good. The passing attack for the Jaguars defense couldn't get it done. Tobiya Taylor and that Brennan Cooks connection was phenomenal today. And Brendan Cooks, despite what the, the Jaguars defense was trying to do, Brandon Cooks is able to jump up, leap into the air for those amazing two to three catches. If it wasn't for those two to three catches, Maybe the game could have had a total different outcome. But I'm bringing it up to the Texans' side of the bowl. The problem is, I think, even though they play phenomenal, is that it's really hard to evenly distribute the football in terms of your running backs. You have a, a, a great veteran running back in Mike Ingram. You have a David Johnson. You have Phillip Lindsay. So trying to get involved, the problem is you don't always need to get involved just in the running game. That's also in the passing game. When he got Pooks, you got Pharrell Brown, you got Danny Amendola, who was formerly on the New England Patriots and then played, I think, with the Lions and then played with another team after that. But had a phenomenal game, even though it didn't show up with numbers. And that's what, folks, I say numbers can be deceiving, despite the numbers him not having a good game. <laughs> he was effective. It had a great touchdown pass effectively earlier in the game to extend – the lead for the Houston Texans after the Texans first touchdown. The game was never truly close and the Jaguars really were never able to come close to beating the Houston Texans. I give the Houston Texans full credit here to did the Raiders win. They are playing tomorrow night, my man versus the Baltimore Ravens. So who knows what can happen? I mean, yeah, I got the Ravens in that game, but two issues the Ravens and the Raiders have is running backs and their injuries. And can you trust the running backs? Week one of the 2021 season, Who knows, my man, and Christy Wilson says, I feel bad for Kevin McCleary because of the Bears losing tonight. I do, too. And here's the thing, though. We can actually talk about that in a couple minutes here. But there's a lot to dive deep into that I feel bad. Justin Fields needs to start next week. Nick Foles is clearly injured. And Andy Dalton is Andy Dalton. And we'll leave it at that. We'll talk about that in a couple minutes. But Christy Wilson, great point. I do feel bad for Bears fans and Kevin McCleary out there because we're not like in all seriousness, though. It just drives me crazy how Matt Nagy, who's calling the offensive play calling, we'll leave that all here. Just a minute here, can you have my full thoughts on that here. The Eagles and the Falcons, though, I mean, my goodness, here we thought the Falcons' defense was bad. The Falcons' offense looked like the second coming of Nathan Peterman's arm talent as the quarter as the quarter at the quarterback position. It was so awful. Where is Kyle Pitts in this game? Did Kyle Pitts retire? Did Calvin Ridley retire? We know what Matt Ryan and his arm talent, yada, yada, but the problem is even your best defensive tackle, Brady Jarrett, is garbage. You have no defensive players. The Falcons have been exposed since 2017. Just ask Dan Quinn in the Dallas game. How did the defense play against the Tom Brady led Buccaneers offense? I mean, I'm not sure if Jalen Hurts, but the Falcons' defense was so bad they made Jalen Hurts look like an MVP candidate. They made Jalen Hurts look like a, a true starting franchise quarterback. So not just the Eagles but for maybe over half the teams in the NFL. Was it how good Jalen Hurts was in this game, or was it how bad the Falcons defense is as a whole? I mean, you can say a little bit of 50-50, but to a certain extent, i would to say how bad that Falcons defense is. Who do they have? There's Ryan Reason why Biggs Beasley's been gone for a while. He had Grady Jarrett for a bit, and he also had another corner you had for a bit. That didn't work out. Absolute Disgrace on the Falcons' side of the ball. To give it to the Eagles' side, I give Jalen Harris full credit, man. I mean, twenty-seven to thirty-five, two sixty-four and three touchdowns. The key was necessarily the completions; those are great, but also not having the turnovers. You can say, "Oh, John, he didn't have the turnovers because the defense was so bad." Regardless, having no turn in your first game truly as a starter, because Howard was jealous that they dropped him because you needed a backup quarterback in those playoff games. Even though that is a valid point. I give full credit to Jalen Hurts and his Philadelphia Eagles offense. Chicago, sorry, the Los Angeles Chargers versus the Washington Football Team, folks. I picked the, uh, Washington to win this game. So, like we say in the NFL, anything can happen. And unfortunately, Ryan Project was down with a hip injury. Hopefully, moving forward, I don't know his injury status. Hopefully, he is not out for a long period of time. Our folks at Washington was not able to come back with the win. But Justin Herbert, though, even though they played well he threw for over 330 yards, moving forward, you cannot have Justin Herbert throwing the ball over 50 times expecting to winning a ton of games moving forward. Because he's a second-year guy. We know they have issues on the offensive line. Because if your offensive line is so great, regardless, yeah, you have your running back who's inconsistent, healthy, he can't be reliable. The Chargers don't have a running game. You, if you're just relying just on Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen, how do you expect moving forward to have that ton of success? But I'll give him full credit, though. Eckler, yeah, he had 57 yards. He averaged less than four yards per carry for a touchdown. I'll give him that, but, man, it's unfortunate that Ryan Patchy was out for that rest of the game, and hopefully moving forward, he is okay. Christy Wilson says, the Falcons are just a sad team overall. That's the best way to put it, Christy. That's a nice way to put it. The Falcons are just a sad team. The Falcons are pathetic. Letting go of Dan Quinn solved nothing. Was he a part of the problem? Yeah. But with help magically letting him go wasn't going to solve all your problems. Falcons have cat pit issues. There's a reason why Matt Rance contract over 40-plus million dollars this year, and they decreased it to the mid to low to late 20s. An absolutely recent. Chris was the art to see sad, pathetic team overall. Just like a certain guy's takes with his Okinays. How about the Okinays overall? The Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Buffalo Bills. What happened? Because you look at it in this game, though, Buffalo Bills were up ten to zero at halftime, and presumably the Bills tend to sharp themselves in the second half with only six points. Like what do you do? What happened to the offensive production in the first half? Then the second half, you scored ten to nothing on the Pittsburgh Steelers in the first half, and then some reason the mindset of the Bills offense just completely faltered in this third and fourth quarter. What is that pinpointed to? If, if you look at it here, the running game though, Singletary had into yards, six point four five yards per carry. So it's not like the running attack wasn't getting it done. What was the issue here? There is no reason why Josh Allen won issues throwing the ball 51 times. I don't care if you're Tom Brady, Lamar Jackson, Mahomes, no quarterback. Should be throwing the ball that many times. You would think, I thought Josh Allen could have thrown for over 350 yards passing at best, maybe even more. Three throws for barely 270 yards and a touchdown. So that shows when Josh Allen is throwing the ball that many times, it can pinpoint potentially to one or two things. Either the defense was able to get the pressure onto Josh Allen, it was able to stop Josh Allen in the passing game. Because when Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs have a great game, man oh man, three 400 plus yards. They were able to stop the passing attack between Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs had a great year last year, but in this game, only nine receptions, sixty-nine yards. Yeah, sounds great. Yards per catch, average per catch. Less than he, the the Pittsburgh Steelers defense showed up in this game. They wanted this game more than the Buffalo's defense did. Stephon Diggs was held to less than seventy receiving yards. That is absolutely unacceptable. But that also gives full credit to the Pittsburgh Steelers defense to stop TJ Watt and those guys stopping. Stephon Diggs and getting only 70 receiving yards on the day. Even though Big Ben played terrible, folks, it was the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense that won this game. Najee Harris didn't play very well in yards per carry. Big Ben only had 188, receiving or, or 188 passing yards total. The Steelers' defense won it in this game. You can potentially see that moving forward. the Steelers win, more games this season is going to be because of that defense here. Next game here, the San Francisco 49ers versus the Detroit Lions. Jimmy G, over, 300, over 310 passing yards of touchdown, 17-25. and to Now, this is just week one. Uh, Trey Lance came in for like an RPO type of play and went, had his first career touchdown pass. This is always exciting as an NFO rookie. Now, can Jimmy Garoppolo keep it up? Is he going to have like any Dalton type game? If Jimmy G, though, let's play this picture People don't know this by now. If Jimmy Garoppolo has an Andy Dalton-type game in the next two to three weeks, he's going to get benched. I mean, look what Andy Dalton did in this game, and we'll talk about that in a couple minutes, even if we kind of cover that on the ColorCast app. Dura Goff and the Detroit Lions. Despite nearly coming back in this game and outscoring San Francisco by 13 points in the fourth quarter, Unfortunately, it wasn't enough due to San Francisco. We're also scoring 24 to 24 points in the second quarter. The Niners did win today. And Chris, you're to right. Isaiah's probably on the high right now with the Niners winning today. I get late one. They, they, they played good. or two things. Jason Brett, torn ACL. Also, DBG, who you don't like, which I get, over 300 yards passing. Here's the problem. San Francisco barely beat Detroit. Look at from the Lions point before we move on. San Francisco barely beat Detroit. And who does Jared Goff have to throw to? Let's look at this. T.J. Hockenson, DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift had almost – had over eight yards per catch, per reception, and had a touchdown passing. So you had T.J. Hockenson, DeAndre Swift, J. Williams. Those are your top receivers in this game, and they were nearly able to come back against, according to Isaiah, a supposed playoff, supposed Super Bowl winning team, a Super Bowl team, Super Bowl contending team, to say the least. I feel full credit for the Niners winning this game, but I get more – this is more of I mean, more victory for the Lions than it is a more victory for the Niners. Because you almost came back against a playoff team despite having the weapons or the non-weapons – that Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions have right now. Throw the ball over 60 times. Almost able to come back in. Full credit, though. But this next game, folks, as we wrap it up here. Good say. I'm surprised. I am very shocked. The Minnesota Vikings not just lost to the Bengals, lost to the Bengals in overtime on a game-winning field goal. But we're wrong. It wasn't because of Cousins. He threw for over 350 yards. 36 to 49. Two TDs. Obviously, you say double cook, 61 yards for 20 carries. Only three yards of carry. Couldn't necessarily – wasn't the most effective in the running game, despite having a touchdown. The defense for the Vikings lets him down. I'm not here to make excuses. I'm not here to say I'm a Cousins or Minnesota Vikings fan because I'm not. I'm a different Broncos fan for life. And here's the problem. How and how to the Bengals, despite how bad the, despite how bad the Vikings defense played in this game, can you need one great or one at least elite or decent defensive player for the Cincinnati Bengals? Nobody. Gino Atkins, gone. Wasn't hasn't been in his prime in multiple years. William Jackson, I believe he's still there, but if not, gone. I'm so glad Joe Burrow is okay for right now. Even though we've been to this before, shouldn't have judged with Jamar Chase, but Jamar Chase had five, I think, five receptions for 103 yards and a touchdown. So if you had him on fantasy, played very well for you. We know that. But it's just showing, despite the lack of defensive talent for the Bengals, you can see in this game in seven of the games moving forward, the Joe Burrow, and the Jamar Chase connection is very exciting. But ultimately, it's not going to get the ultimate destination that the Bengals want. It's a potential winning record. Because you listen to Joe Burrow and giving him what he wants versus what we need. And when we're growing in a walk with God or with the NFL franchise, whatever it is, getting what we want is it going to help us grow. Getting what we need is going to help us grow. Whether it's a quarterback or in your faith, whatever it is, getting what you want is not what you need. Understand the difference. Bengals listening to Joe Burrow. And yes, they won this game. They played great. But William Ford, you're not going to beat teams team like this, like a potential playoff team like this, again, this season. So who knows? No way, no how. Revenge two a part one, folks, as the New York Jets fall against the Carolina Panthers. I'll summarize this real quick before we move on to our last couple of games. How do you think it felt? Between Sam Darnold and Robbie Anderson, when Sam Darnold throwing a touchdown pass to Robbie Anderson, both former teammates of the New York Jets, Robbie Anderson undrafted free agent to the Jets in 2016, signed with the Panthers last offseason. Panthers were already up 3-0. to zero. That was giving the edge 10 to nothing. How do you think that felt? That felt awesome. Not because they had a vengeful attitude, but because how good it feels when a team doesn't believe in you and you go to another team and you beat that forward team that says, without saying it, we don't believe you. That has to feel good on some type of level here. And, Christy, I agree here. Isaiah is on a high in terms of talking that the San Francisco 49ers barely beat the Detroit Lions. Christopher Wilson also says, and I second this, I think like a lot of NFL fans out there, I'm just glad that Joe Burrow didn't get clobbered in this game. I agree because moving forward, I expect that Joe Burrow to not get clobbered at all this year. That's an unrealistic expectation. Christian Wilson, you pretty much hit the nail on the coffin. The Jets deserve to lose that game against the Patriots. Well, of course they did. You had all the chance to come back in this game, Robert, Zach Wilson, Corey Dears. What happened? Who knows, he deserved to lose that game here. Who knows if Sam Brown is the future for the Carolina Panthers or not. It's just week one, 17 more weeks to go and 16 more games here. Folks, now going to the Arizona Cardinals. My goodness. Like I said before the season, we have no question of the talent on the offensive side of the ball. We have no question, comments or concerns about Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins. They brought in A.J. Green, Chase Edmonds. And you, you and you brought in James Conner, free agent, one-year deal, and you drafted a young rookie, uh, the offensive defensive player, Chandler Jones had, five, I believe, five sacks. Uh, I talked about him in mean, March, April last year, one of the most underrated defenders in the NFL. Yes, he had an injury-prone year last. He was injured last year. Five sacks, not on, not in three games, but just in Week One alone against this Tennessee offensive line with. Ryan Tannehill with Derek Henry with AJ Brown with Julio Jones. I'm sorry, I know this is just one game. Where was Julio Jones? Well, I'm sorry, did Julio Jones like re- retire or something? Three receptions. He almost targeted three times. He's obviously not the number one guy, it's AJ Brown. But only three receptions for a great veteran receiver in Julio Jones. That just doesn't make any sense. But just looking at the highlights. For Kyler Murray center this early on, I believe, in the first quarter. The Titans defense just seemingly couldn't find a way to tackle or to pressure Kyler Murray. Murray you just like juke him out, come over here, juke him out, come over here, juke him out and come back over here, it throws the ball for the first time. We know he's a good passer. Yeah, I'm sorry, we know he's a good runner, but he's also a very good passer. Dearest, there are some questions being forward. Can Cliff Kingsbury take this Arizona Carlos team? To the playoffs. Who does? But Kyler Murray, four TDs, two hundred eight yards, two hundred eighty-nine yards passing. Some people laughed at me in a certain fantasy football league. I drafted him first overall, or not first, but with my first pick in the fantasy draft, I picked Kyler Murray. Today, I got almost sixty plus points. So thank you, Kyler Murray, for that amazing time in. Fancy football, Tracy Edmonds, 5.2 yards per carry. James Conner had 16 carries, so 28 attempts between the two running backs. Looking at the Tennessee side of this, at said this, it shouldn't be surprised. So, people, once a team, aka the opposing defense, stops Derrick Henry, this Tennessee Titans offense is boring. This Tennessee offense. Can't do anything once the opposing defense stops Derrick Henry. And it showed again today. Less than three and a half yards per care. There's no doubt he's still the best running back in the NFL, but that's the thing. There will be games where certain opposing defenses will stop Derrick Henry. And once they do, the Titans offense does nothing, which explains why Ryan Tannehill had only 212 passing yards on the day. But, folks... We will be back here in just a minute to take a quick commercial break. Let's just say in this game I got very excited I was very passionate About certain things That happened in the NFL Regardless if the result That I wanted Did Or did not happen The Kansas City Chiefs Versus the Cleveland Browns I said was the game To watch I picked the Browns to win this game. I thought either the Browns had a chance. But this is why I say, folks, never count out Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Anytime we do, what will go wrong has gone wrong. Never doubt the Kansas City Chiefs here, and I will read some of these comments as I get one of these videos in here. Is Sam Darnold, J- James Gonzalez, says from the chair with James Gonzalez, his podcast on YouTube. Sam Darnold must have felt good about that win today against the Jets. Couldn't agree more, my man. James Gonzalez says, hey, hold up, hold up. I know it's one game, but Titans looked awful on both sides of the ball. Couldn't agree more. And James also concurs with me. Also, Murray was a boss today, and Hawkins did his thing. I agree, James. Also, I had in one of my fantasy football leagues, I had I had Kyler Murray as my starting. My fantasy football leagues almost sixty points from Kyler Murray today. So, Kyler Murray, I thank you so much for helping me in one of my fantasy football leagues today, In one of my other fantasy football leagues, I also had. A certain other NFL quarterbacks. That was, without a doubt, exciting in every way, shape, and form here, folks. But, man, certain moment was excited about the Kansas City Chiefs and the Browns game. We knew was going to come down to the wire. But the key is whether it was the Chiefs winning or whether it was the Cleveland Browns. Here's how kind of two things. the A simple offensive mistake at the last minute or a small, deepest mistake at the last minute, rather it's for the Chiefs, rather it's for the Cleveland Browns. And folks, unfortunately, it was a last second mistake by the Cleveland Browns offense. We can blame whoever we want. The of the outcome wasn't what I thought it would have been. Today, the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Cleveland Browns. But again, not a shocker. I've seen this before, and I have used to doubt Patrick Mahomes in terms of when they see the eighth championship game in 2020. So oh it's uh, the the Titans are winning this game. This this is over and blah blah blah. But clearly I was wrong. But today, so I, I know, I know the Browns are up. The Browns are going to win this game. But no, 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 no. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs found a way to come back in this game. Folks, you know I get excited. I get very passionate about football. There shouldn't be any question of the sorts. Maybe there's a certain uh, video that y'all saw out there about a certain player getting sacked in the Cleveland Browns game. I don't know my excitement and my passion. So excuse me, folks, as I get that video loaded up. Turn your uh, video audio a little bit down because it is definitely a loud replay there of the source. Here's what turned it around regardless of what happened with Baker Mayfield and that he tried to throw out a bounce and it was picked off. What happened earlier in that game, Nick Chubb fumbled the football. And when you give the Chiefs this much momentum, especially on the defensive side of the ball, you cannot fumble the football when you have a chance to come back in this game and actually increase the lead against a team that's been the two series Super Bowls and won the Super Bowl against the San Francisco 49ers in 2020. There is no reason... Why that should have happened, but again, issue for the Cleveland Browns in this game was ball security and decision making. Baker Mayfield threw for no touchdowns in this game, and that would be fine. But that late interception here, folks. But again, turn down your volume on this. I got. I know the Cleveland Browns lost, but I just get really excited here when it comes to the NFL. So turn down your volume on this video. It's about seven seconds. Just turn your volume down just a little bit. No. Go! You all my passion and excitement when it comes to football. But at the end of the day, that Chubb fumble, besides other things, also turned the curve for the Cleveland Browns. Another great game, but essentially close but low scoring. Also an exciting game, an AFC, AFC East matchup between the Miami Dolphins versus the New England Patriots. So Tua Tolanova had 202 passing yards. Again, the running game for the Dolphins was not very good. Tua Tonová had an interception on the day, but Matt Jones in his first game, 29 of 39, 281 yards, and one touchdown. It's just week one. Let's not freak out. The East is going to be very competitive. So, like I said, the NFC West is going to be the toughest division of football. But, folks – I give the Dolphins full credit. Defense played well because it was a low scoring game. Mac Jones has some very great throws, but the Patriots have a bright future moving forward. And you just never know, folks, what can happen in the NFL. But my final takeaways from that game is that clearly, I know it's just one game, so let's not freak out. But Mac Jones, definitely Bill Belichick, made the right decision in drafting Mac Jones. So let's get to the summer comments here before we get to our final couple of games here before y'all tune in to the extra point with Laura and his and Ben Cruz and Isaiah. Now here, James Gonzalez says, I don't know if Chandler Jones still wants to be with the Cardinals, but, what, but he did well today. He probably doesn't, my man, but either it's even if they win and get to the playoffs and win a game or two in the playoffs, does that change? Or is it something internal in the organization, whether it's with the head coach, the GM, or the owner? Who knows? My man and KC is that juggernaut. Exactly, my man. You just never know. Jiggis Sauce takes my point here and takes it, Has hits the nail in the coffin. You literally can't make one mistake versus KC. Exactly. It's not just that. The Bronze made two mistakes. Nick Chubb following the football, faking me for an foot. It was a mistake. You know, he didn't intend to. For that, but that's why way you call a mistake. You tried to throw the football, throw it out of bounds, and I believe if Baker Mayfield just took the sack, the Browns potentially could have come back in this game and actually beat the Chiefs, but this is not Marvel. This is not a winner situation. We can't take that back, but folks, these final four is this next one. You know what? I'm very happy to talk about this game, folks, as we end this show tonight. It's just week one. But the Denver Broncos defense is played, and is played as advertised. Moneybags, Teddy. I, I don't know in there. I'm sorry. I'm exhausted. 28 for 36. 264. Two TDs. With just like I was trying to get my article posted, but what I talked about in that article that should hopefully be posted soon on the MSX Sports Network. Teddy Bridgewater doesn't have to play like a Mahomes in terms of the passing numbers or the touchdowns. Get the ball down the field. Do what he did with the Saints, but let the running tech take care of itself. Vanvin Gordon had 9.2 yards per carry and a touchdown. And your rookie running back nearly returned for a touchdown. 14 carries. 25 carries, 12 and a half carries per running back. That is the excellent duo of Melvin Gordon and Williams. I can't wait to see what the Broncos do moving forward. But a week one win is exciting moving forward. Broncos win week one. Maybe a quarterback was a change of scenery that the Broncos need. I don't know what can happen. Christy Wilson says one mistake by the Browns resulted in the win by the Chiefs. Exactly. It wasn't just the one mistake. That was just a huge cost of mistake, though. Like I said, Nick Chubb fumble Baker Mayfield. And I said this, like, Baker Mayfield should have just take the sack. Because you have a better chance of coming back in this game than you did when you tried to throw it out of bounds and ultimately ended the game right there. Christian was I feel bad for my dad because he's a Giants fan. I don't know what to say about that, but I'm happy Danford Broncos got to win. Week one, let's go. Let's see what can happen. We'll take our time next week, but, man, it's going to be exciting. Week one, but look at the Giants have this, folks. I know Daniel Jones played pretty well, but lot not just for Giants fans, but for the organization, the GM, the older, and everything else you want to say. There are going to be questions around Daniel Jones. Is Daniel Jones the future who knows? James Gonzalez has, I believe, the comment of the night. Broncos getting Kyle Fuller. Broncos getting Kyle Fuller is going to make their defense so much better. I agree. You got Fuller. You got uh, Patrick Surtan. You got all the. Uh, sorry. Bradley Chubb. You got Von Miller. You got all, all these deep, great defenses. Justin Simmons, Kramchat. All those guys are back. The running attack and Teddy doing what Teddy does best. Such an exciting game. I'm so thankful. But they, like I said, rely on the defense and, and also trust the running attack. Don't let Teddy – no, Teddy doesn't need to have an mvp like game for the Broncos to get a bunch of points and to win football again. That's what I said in my article, and that's what happened in this game. This next one, folks. Sometimes, like I've said, should be a problem to understand. Sometimes actions speak louder than words. And that is exactly what happened with Aaron Rodgers. We know Aaron Rodgers is done with the Green Bay Packers. He's not injured. It's not because of the lack of preseason play with his team or anything else. It's not because he was doing his personal endeavors like media people are saying. It's because he's done with the Packers. And I understand. His frustration. Aaron Rodgers had two interceptions in this game. The are rating like 50 something. Sorry, 30, 30 of the 40. Over barely 55. I believe the 58 completion percentage. You have to correct me all that in the comment section below. Aaron Rodgers not just gave up on the fan, but he gave up on the organization. We know the relationship is beyond repair. The problem is. Like I say, this happy wife, happy life. And I believe that is key. In a marriage, you want, you need to be happy with the person you married and that you love. The Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers' uh, marriage, per se, nobody's happy on both sides. Brian Kukos, and Rodgers, they're not happy. Actually, I speak louder than the words, not just because of how Aaron Rodgers played, but look on the silence. He looked relaxed. He looked calm. So he knows, after the season, like Christian Wilson says, he needs to retire. He's probably going to retire and become the host of Jeopardy. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't blame him, Aaron Rodgers, for retiring. Obviously, I want Aaron Rodgers with the Broncos. But as time goes on, I see that as less of a possibility. So, folks, let's see what happens here. But on the Saints' side of they take the Saints take advantage of the Green Bay Packers drama and are able to cap out the win. Not just a win, they got spanked. And you can say, oh, because is it the Saints won? Fact. But did the Saints win because they were that good? Or did the Saints win because Aaron Rodgers basically said, screw the Packers, I'm going to give them this big middle finger by just sitting on the sidelines and playing for them? Did the Saints win because they're a true good team or a true good contender? Or did the Saints win because Aaron Rodgers has already given up on the Packers organization? I'll leave that up to y'all to answer that one in the comment section below. Last game here, folks. Kylan, the Bears fans, I'm truly sorry. I know we joke around and like to have fun, but I like it being serious here. There are two things, and I want to address Christy Wilson's comment here. I feel bad for Kellen McClurg, and I say this to you, not in joking, but about serious. I feel bad. For Calum McLeod in Bears game because of the Bears losing tonight, they didn't just lose tonight in the score; they lost mentally and physically. Folks, in the first half, I think, of course, the end of the first quarter, the Rams were up ten to zero. Even before that, when they were up seven to zero, Matt Haggie and the Chicago Bears thought it was a genius idea. Let's go for it. We're down seven to zero. Eddie Dom threw an interception on his first three to four passes. Let's go for it while we're down by a score. Let's go for it on fourth and four. Because that's a genius idea. Even though it was early on in the game, yes. I Part of the defender will not defend the Bears. If you're going to go for it on fourth and four, even though it's a terrible decision, you have a better chance of getting more yards and the running attack. Then they did passing attack with McGregory having over 105 rushing yards. But the Bears go for on fourth and four in the first quarter. <clears throat> A complete dud. They get the ball again. The Bears are down, are down 10-0. And what did the Bears do again on another fourth and fourth? The Bears decide to go for it again on fourth and four. But what does Amy Dalton do on this play? throws it to a certain receiver. More importantly than that, who is the defender that was close to that receiver? Folks, it was Jalen Ramsey. You don't throw near Jalen Ramsey. Who thought on the offensive play calling it was a genius idea to go for, not just on fourth and fourth, but going in back-to-back times on fourth and four. Who thought in the Bears organization that was a good idea? How stupid do you have to be to think that's a genius idea? Let's go for it. A fourth to four. Both times. It went 0 for 2. And we're down by 10 to 0. 34 to 14. And I told somebody, a great uh, great uh, fan and supporter here on the Colorcast app on the Denver D 2020. Is is that Matthew Stafford should finally be getting the respect he deserves. I'm not saying a team is top three receiving weapons, but I'm saying when a, when you give a quarterback the right coach, keyword, when you give the quarterback the right coach and the right weapons. Not I'm not talking about the best weapons in the league, but when you give the coach the right, when you give the quarterback the right coach the right system, and the right weapons. That quarterback is going to flourish. Matthew Stafford tonight played phenomenally well in on targeted passes, some targeting s- statistic. Matthew Stafford was two for two for like 124 yards and two TDs. Or TD, sorry. Matthew Stafford nearly had a perfect quarterback rating. Matthew Stafford. 300, 321 yards, 3 touchdowns, 156.1 QBR rating. And even on top of that, no interceptions. When they said even greater, this was against Khalil Mack, Kate okay, Hicks, and that defense. Those defense players aren't bonds. Those defensive players are studs. They are dogs. And Matthew Stafford lit them up. Matthew Stafford torched them completely put the right weapons and the right coaching staff around Matthew Stafford and he will flourish. Matthew Stafford was the Patrick Mahomes before Patrick Mahomes, or is that, without the playoff success, without the playoff appearances. Hopefully at this point for the Matthew Stafford haters, this puts some respect on his name should absolutely be. This is why it shouldn't be at this time, you folks. But good, folks, if you haven't heard before we end tonight's program here and go to tonight's final thoughts is that YouTube, i got an email by YouTube. They decided on, the, on my personal YouTube page, The John Alcorn Show, and on my The God Over Money Entertainment Network YouTube page, they decided to remove my recent – video, the Sunday, I believe the Sunday preview show. And then we'll read that here real quick just to keep y'all updated. They reviewed it and they removed my content because it violates their spam, deceptive practices, and scans policies. The reason why I'm making y'all aware of that because I don't believe this is an accident. I'm not here to talk about drama. I don't do that. I'm saying moving forward is we may have to in the future only record. I know I said this before, but I, I genuinely... Could mean it this time. Now I have to move forward with just certain types of social media platforms moving forward because, again, last time it didn't affect my channel, but if it does go through this time, it just strikes, and I may not be able to record after that for a week or post on YouTube for a week. And doing a network, running a network by yourself, that 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 hurts one hundred percent. So. Hopefully those appeals are reviewed and that, that eliminates that. But, folks, again, YouTube decided to bring us up because I'm, I'm practicing spam. Dude, I thought the first time, it's an accident, no problem. Because one once I uh, uh, or appealed it, let's say five, ten minutes later, it was gone. On both the John Alcorn Show and the God Over Money Entertainment Network. But this time, it happened again on the John Alcorn Show YouTube page. And the God Over Money Entertainment Network YouTube page. It wasn't an accident. I don't know what YouTube has and it should be talking about God and faith, but I'm going to continue to do that. And number three, we may have to look at other social media platforms moving forward. It may not. I know I this before, but it may mean at this time. If the appeal isn't accepted, may have to no longer be recording on YouTube because YouTube descends to nitpick which videos they want to violate. Now, if I was, if I was doing a video on pyramid schemes or something, I would, I would agree. But everything I say on this content channel on YouTube, on Facebook, or Instagram, I'm working on practicing what I preach. Every single take or thing from a Bible verse or a story is what I b- truly believe in my heart. There's nothing that I'm lying about or spam. I'm working on my walk with God. I'm not perfect. There is no spam practices here. Y'all can trust what I say. So hopefully that YouTube does agree to my appeal for the second time in a couple of weeks on both channels. Because if not, we're unfortunately going to have to look at no longer recording on YouTube due to YouTube being YouTube. Who knows, folks? At the end of the day, we're going to keep going on this. Let's go into this evening's final thoughts. Great action on NFL Sunday, the first NFL Sunday this week on the 2021 NFL regular season campaign. We got Monday night football tomorrow night. The Las Vegas Ravens face off against the Baltimore Ravens. It's going to be such a great time here, folks, overall. But I want to thank you all so much for the support here on the content, even on the ColorCast app. or some reason, they are going to tune into all my broadcast. That definitely means a lot. Thank you to Alex, Red Bands 310 on YouTube, Christy Wilson Jenkins is all, y'all coming every time. It means a lot, and I know it's late at uh, y'all's time. To Isaiah Leong, thank you so much for the support. Y'all know my like passion and excitement about football, even if the result I want doesn't happen. Turn down your volume. I just love my excitement and passion for football. My homes and My homes and sex! Let's go! Let's go! The same passion and energy, regardless of what YouTube does or not, will stay the same. Truly, thank you all so much for the support. A lot of great show content stuff coming forward. And hopefully that isn't derailed by YouTube being YouTube. But thank you all so much for the support. John Alcorn, peace, and I will see y'all later. Have a good one. i've seen someone with someone someone with the drive and passion to make it in the industry like i've seen with with you cutthroat it's very you know up and down roller coaster of emotion he knows his stuff uh you know he's not afraid to go at people well, last time I checked, this is not the los angeles lebron